0: This is Dr. Jimmy Nichols, equine nutritionist. On this podcast, we will explore unique cases, debunk popular myths, and break down advanced research data. Join me for a little fun, a lot of science, and some real-world advice for feeding horses. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Jimmy. Welcome to episode 52 of Feed Room Chemist. Today, I am going to be addressing a listener question um, that is concerning miniature horse nutrition. So miniature horses are um, very cute, fluffy animals, and a lot of people are curious about how to feed them. Um, They are very similar to our mature horses, but there are certainly some differences that I want to be sure to point out. So another thing that I want, before we get into the episode, I just want to thank you all for um, the support and the, the audience and listenership that has grown. Um, this has just been a really fun kind of adventure that I've embarked on, and it's fun to get you guys' um, feedback and your questions. I have got a whole pile of listener questions that have come in, so I promise that I'm gonna work through them. Um, I'm trying to group them into, um, I guess, kind of similar topics, so that you know, if I don't call out your name and address your exact question, um, the concept of your question will certainly get addressed. So please just be patient. Um, know that that I will get there. Um, I just have a lot to get through. So I, I hope that everyone is staying warm um, at this particular moment. Uh, much of the South Central United States is under um, extreme winter weather advisories. We've got snow, we've got ice, we've got um, temperatures that are are below zero Um, you know, I was actually just on a meeting with some of my colleagues earlier this morning. And so, you know, we've got some that are in, you know, South Dakota, Nebraska, North Dakota, Minnesota-ish area, and you know they're they're saying that the actual temperatures are you know negative twenty five degrees, and that doesn't even account for wind chill. Um, you know, in Oklahoma and Texas, you know we're we're dealing with wind chill temperatures of negative twenty, negative twenty one, actual temperatures of minus two. Uh, one degree. All of this is Fahrenheit for for our friends that are listening from other countries. Uh, So, sorry. Basically, that means it's really, really, really stinking cold. (laughs) And um, not all of us are completely prepared for it. Um, Certainly, Oklahoma and Texas are not set up to handle this kind of cold weather. So, it's been a little bit of a challenge in in our world. (laughs) So I hope that everyone is staying warm. I hope you guys are taking this opportunity um, to maybe catch up on some podcast episodes that you haven't listened to. Definitely check out episode 49, which is on cold weather feeding. So, if you are sitting here miserable in the cold and you want to make sure that you're doing everything right as far as how to feed your horse during these cold temperatures, that is the episode for you. And then please be sure to share your favorite episodes on social media and use hashtag feedroomchemist. Okay, let's get into the show. This question was submitted by Jenna from somewhere in Canada. And she says, I have a miniature horse and I've been listening to many of your podcasts and recently learned that miniatures are more susceptible to founder and laminitis and should probably not be on pasture grass. Right now, uh, my mini lives at my grandparents where he eats grass all summer and is fed free hay all winter. I want to move to an acreage and take him with me, and I want to be prepared with as much information as I can for when he does come to me. Right now, he doesn't seem to be showing any lameness or tenderness while on the pasture. My question is, what is the ideal feeding program for my miniature, including the most appropriate forage, and then any grain or pellets that I should feed to him? I like to give something extra when they come in uh, to work for a treat. She says, I also live in Canada, so I'm wondering if the cold weather affects the pasture grass. And then secondly, um, I want to know what your opinion is on the difference between going with a cubed versus a pelleted form of processed forage. And um, is it okay to feed them year-round as a little bit of something extra or as a full hay replacement? All right. Well, thank you very much for that question, Jenna. Um, it seems like I have more and more inquiries about miniature horse nutrition. I see a lot of people using them as companions for their performance horses. And i will admit i have one on my own property that belongs to my kids so um i think i had read somewhere that the miniature horse um, association membership is one of the fastest growing of all of the different equine breeds so they're definitely something that's becoming uh, more popular for people to own and i think that that has then spurred people to try to learn a little bit more about them and make sure that they're managing them appropriately from a nutritional standpoint so they're they are super cute and I wouldn't trade ours for the world but I will tell you they are a lot of work from a management standpoint. I, you know, I, so some people will just kick their minis out on pasture or they'll just kick them out and give them free choice hay and not give it a second thought. Um, and some minis are are going to survive in that scenario and, and, and they'll be okay. But nearly all of them in that situation are going to become at least obese. And um, a good group of those are also then going to develop some soreness in their feet at certain times of the year. Um, and some of those on that situation could even potentially um, fully founder. So, um I think since I have a many of my own, his name is Johnny Cash, in case um you guys have uh, were wondering or if if you haven't listened to past episodes, I think I've talked about Johnny Cash a uh, time or two in in some earlier episodes. But I thought that maybe it would be easiest for me to just describe how I manage him and then talk about some of the mistakes that I've made um, and what changes that I've had to make in order to care for him in the best way possible. So first things first, um, you know, it's really important when you're managing these miniature horses to either limit the pasture grass or restrict them completely. And so the reason for that is when grass photosynthesizes, basically sugar is being produced. And it's unfortunate, but miniatures are predisposed to founder and laminitis when they consume too much sugar. So for those of you that have been a few years since your last science class, um, photosynthesis is just um, the scientific term for saying that a plant is absorbing sunlight and turning that sunlight into energy, okay, or or sugar to be used for energy for growth. So plants are almost always photosynthesizing. That's how they grow. That's how they stay alive. But there are definitely, you know, there are certain times of the day and then also certain times of the year where more sugar is being produced or more sugar is being stored within that plant. For example, um, Photosynthesis requires sunlight. So as the daylight hours go on, more and more sugar accumulates within that plant. So generally speaking, that plant is going to have the lowest level of sugar very, very early in the morning. So it's recommended if you have a horse that has a true sugar sensitivity and you're trying to utilize pasture in their diet still, um, the best time to graze where the plants are going to be at the lowest sugar point is going to be from about three o'clock in the morning to about 10 o'clock in the morning. Okay. So yeah, I'm going to repeat those because that was 3am, right? Not 10 or not 3pm. Okay. So three o'clock a.m. to 10 o'clock a.m. So the very early morning hours are where those plants are going to have the lowest level of sugar. Plants are then going to have the highest sugar concentration in the late afternoon and the early evening. And that's because that plant, you know, has basically spent, you know, 8, 10, 12 hours photosynthesizing and producing and therefore accumulating sugar, okay? So that gives you an idea for the sugar peaks during the day, but then there are also times of the year that you need to pay attention to. For example, uh, the spring and the fall are probably the most dangerous as far as um, sugar spikes because uh, nighttime temperatures can easily drop. And as a general rule of thumb, anytime that nighttime temperature drops below, oh, say, 40 degrees Fahrenheit or about four degrees Celsius, um, that, that plant is going to be at a heightened risk for um, horses that are sensitive to sugars. Okay. And so basically what happens is when a plant gets hit with those cold temperatures in the nighttime, it slows that plant's growth. And so if the plant's not growing, that means that the sugar is not getting used up by the plant. So the the sugar kind of sits there unused, which means that your mini would be getting an extra sugary bite every time that they take a bite of that that grass when they're actually turned out. So I guess, you know, all of this to say the the best and safest management protocol for a mini is no pasture access. Okay, the next safest protocol is limited pasture access, or you can use a grazing muzzle. So, um... So th- there are studies out there that show that some grazing muzzles can actually limit pasture intake by as much as 80%. Okay, so that means that you could technically leave your mini out on pasture all day, and as long as he has that grazing muzzle on, he's not going to be able to physically consume the volume of, of grass that it would probably likely take to, to induce lamin- laminitis or, or ultimately cause founder. So I made the mistake of trying to turn Johnny Cash out with the big horses on pasture a few years ago. And um, it was pretty obvious that, that that was a wrong move. He's He started to get a little bit sore in his front feet. And, you know, I kind of halfway anticipated it and expected it. So I was watching for it. Um, and so I, I obviously, you know, the, the first sign that I saw where that his feet were starting to get just a little bit heat in them, or, or he was starting to just, Almost, it's almost like he was taking just a little bit shorter steps. He didn't seem to be wanting to move around or run around quite as much as normal. Now, he's a little bit lazy anyway. I mean, the dude's. I mean, he'll, he'll just stand around and do nothing usually. So that's not out of character for him. Um, But I did notice that he was a little bit more reluctant to move around um, than normal. And so that was where I kind of just noticed those were those very first, very early, early, early signs that his front feet were starting to get a little bit of laminitis. Um, So laminitis is just the scientific term for um, inflammation of the lamina within the feet. So specifically those sensitive lamina, um, they are very susceptible to sugar concentrations in the diet. And so if you turn a mini out onto pasture grass, um, the, the lamina within the hoof capsule, so basically what connects the bone to the hoof wall starts to become inflamed and, um, can, and that basically is, is painful to the horse. And that's, you'll start to see horses, um, you know, first, the first, one of the first signs is they'll start to develop a little bit heat in their, in their hoofs. So you can feel the front of their hooves and feel for a little bit of heat. Um, so that's why it's a good idea to know what normal is for your horse so that you can, um, catch when they're a little bit warmer than normal. Um, and then, you know, those horses are just going to, they might be a little bit shorter strided in the front end. They might, um, just not move around quite as much as normal. And then in, you know, more advanced cases or, or higher degrees of of pain, they'll start to rock back onto their hind legs to try to take off some of that weight and pressure off of their front legs. Um, so those are kind of some of the things that you can look for in your mini horses or, or any horses. doesn't doesn't have to be just minis, um, but those are things that you would want to look for as far as a little bit of um, soreness in the front feet that, are, that is typically related to laminitis. And so if you let laminitis go on for long periods of time, what happens is the bone essentially starts to separate away from the hoof wall um, so that separation then causes rotation of the um, of the bone and that coffin bone can actually fully rotate and then you know in a severe situation that horse would ultimately could founder which means that that bone, it would basically rotate all the way and, and it could end up fully sinking through the bottom of that horse's sole. So that would, that's what we're trying to avoid. That is the worst case scenario. You don't want to go there. You don't want to get there. That's, that is a very bad, bad situation. So this is why I am so adamant about making sure that people manage their minis in a way that um, doesn't put them in that situation. Okay. So while I'm on the topic of mistakes that I have made, um, I also made the mistake of letting Johnny Cash get way too fat one year. I'm talking like morbidly obese. Okay. So here's the situation. I had finally found my old, um, college rodeo horse and I bought him back and I, I, I just wanted him to be able to retire on my place, live out the rest of his years in full luxury and die happily and be buried on my, my property. Like that, that's what I wanted. So I finally got him. Finally found him. Made the trip. Got him. Brought him back. And I I also happened to have this mini that um, my mom and some good friends of hers had, um, pass, or some good friends of my mom's had passed down to her. And so she had sent him down to me for my kids. I just had my first daughter at that point. And um, so I've got this mini hanging out at the place. So I've got this mini that I can't ride. I've got this old retired horse that I can't ride. Yeah, it's kind of sounding like a pretty luxe place for a horse at my house. But so I've got these two horses and I thought, what better for this old retired horse than a mini companion? So I put the two of them together and they ran together and they played together and they laughed together, but they also ate together. And that was the problem. So I didn't realize it at the time, but after doing a little bit of research, I found out that a mini can actually eat up to 5% of their own body weight. Okay. So this is where you like insert that bugged out eye emoji thing that people use <laughs> on their phones. Okay. The reason I was so surprised to learn that is because the, the target consumption for a normal horse is about 2% of body weight. And most of the time, um, you know, they, they won't eat more than, you know, maybe 3% at most if they're given the option. Okay. A mini, on the other hand, oh no, they do not understand the concept of full and it would never cross their mind to just stand there and not eat when there is perfectly good food available. (laughs) So what happened is, I fed the amount that the two of them together should be eating, and I believed in my heart that Pistol, that's the name of the old retired horse, I believed that he would eat 22 pounds per day, and I believed that Johnny Cash would eat five pounds per day, okay? So at the time, Pistol weighed about 1,100 pounds, and Johnny Cash weighed about 250 pounds. So that 22 pounds for Pistol and five pounds for Johnny Cash, that is 2% of each of their body weights. The problem is, horses and especially miniatures don't understand how to read textbooks. They also don't know about all of that perfect math that we do to feed exactly how the research says that we should um, feed them and how they should eat. So, if you haven't guessed it already, I ended up with an absolute walking blimp of a miniature at my place. I mean, Johnny Cash ate every bit of his food, plus, he ate anything that he could finagle from pistol's ration. I mean, I'll bet that Minnie was eating every bit of 12 and a half to 13 pounds of food every day. And he was only supposed to be getting five pounds. Okay. So long story short, uh, if you want to manage your Minnie's diet correctly, you just have to keep them separate from the big horses. I mean, that's all there is to it. Or you have to have some kind of mechanism in place if they are together. Like, for example, I was feeding both of these horses at ground level. And so there was no way for me in this particular situation, I couldn't keep Johnny Cash out of pistols. Hey, I couldn't keep him out of pistols grain, right? They were just, they were both together. Now, if you've got um, a raised feeder where the big horse can get his hay and eat his grain and the mini can't access it that would be that would be a great setup at the time i didn't have that option Um, so johnny cash now lives in a dry lot pen by himself where I can manage exactly how much food he gets. And I will admit that he is in a much, much, much healthier body condition now than he was two years ago. So what do I feed him? Um, He gets about five pounds of um, a hay that is less than, um, so I've, I, I have my hay tested. I, it's really important for me to understand, um, what the nutrient profile is for the hay. And for someone like Johnny Cash, my mini, I know he has sugar sensitivities. So it's important for me to understand what that NSC or that non-structural carbohydrate content is of the hay. Okay. So NSC, all that is to figure that out is when you get your hay analysis back, you just add the starch plus the sugar content, Okay, so if you have your hay tested through Equaanalytical, which is the one that I typically use, um, the sugar that you want to use is the, the WSC, which is the water-soluble carbohydrate. So just add that number to the starch number. You add those together and that gives you the, the total NSC content of that hay. So the hay that I'm feeding Johnny right now um, is less than 10% non-structural carbohydrates. So it's definitely a very safe feed for him to use. Um then, okay, so I'm I'm kind of with you, Jenna. I like to to offer a little treat to encourage my horses to come up to me as well. So when I feed the big horses, I just give a handful of the feed that I'm using with the big horses to Johnny. Um, so again, he gets a little bit of grain, um, but not much. And the grains that I typically use at my house um are are all definitely blue bonnet products. And I I usually um, I like to play with them, so I, I use a variety. But um, I'm typically always going to be using ones that are low in starches, low in sugars. So things like the Intensify Omega Force, the Equiline Pro Care, um, Intensify Total Advantage, um, Senior Therapy, Senior Care. Um, you know, any of those feeds are 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 going to be low in starch, low in sugar, and completely safe for many to eat. Now, if if someone has a mini that they actually want to feed, you know, the the full grain meal to, I would definitely go with something like the intensify X Factor. So that's a 10% non-structural carbohydrate feed. Um, another good option is the intensify senior therapy that is, I believe it's an 11% NSC. So both very safe, uh, for, for many horses. Um, you can't really go wrong feeding those. Now, since I'm only giving a handful of feed to Johnny, he's not getting his full vitamin and mineral requirements. So what I do do, and this is the most important part is I just give him a quarter of a dose or a quarter of a scoop of element, which is a loose vitamin and mineral made by stride animal health. So, you know, Again, that handful of grain that I'm giving him isn't doing anything other than just making him think that he's getting a treat. So it's it's the element mineral itself that is truly what's doing something in his diet, and that is what is most important. So I'm I mean, if if you've listened to this podcast for very long, you've heard me mention a hundred times forage alone does not supply enough vitamin and mineral support for a horse or even a mini. Um, So that's why I make sure that Johnny Cass. Co- bleh, that's why I make sure that Johnny gets that quarter dose of element mineral every single day. Now, another option would be, um, you know, in place of grain, if you didn't want to have grain around or if you, you know, don't have other horses that are eating grain of any kind. Um, you could also use just a pelleted forage. So something like alfalfa pellets or Timothy alfalfa pellets or even straight Timothy pellets. Um basically that compressed forage source could act as your treat. So any of those in this situation would be perfectly fine for a mini. Now, if you happen to be in a situation where the only option that you have for forage is pellets or cubes, um, for a mini, I would definitely lean on pellets. And the, the reason is very simple. I, I mean, a mini horse has a very small mouth. So it's just gonna be a lot more difficult On their jaw to try to chew a conventional size cube. Um, Plus, you know, there could be the possibility of it negatively affecting like their jaw alignment and tooth wear if they have to work too hard to get that large hard cube, you know, rolled into just the perfect spot before they can bite it down. so, you know, yeah, the 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 other piece of that. so, if you are going to use those um, forage pellets as the total hay, make sure you're weighing them, okay? So make sure that that you're feeding them at that, you know, so if if you were feeding, let's say your mini weighs 250 pounds and you want to feed 2% of his body weight. Okay. So you'd want to be feeding five pounds per day. So I would split that into two equal feedings. So he would get two and a half pounds in the morning and two and a half pounds at night of those forage pellets. Okay. No more. <laughs> and that can be, cause to us, that doesn't seem like very much, um, you know, especially when we're used to feeding horses that weigh a thousand twelve hundred pounds, you know, that just doesn't seem like a lot of volume. And I think that's where people get into trouble with minis is they start, feeling bad for them or feeling sorry for them or, oh, they're so cute, I want to give them a little more or it just doesn't feel like it's enough. Um, It is enough, I promise. (laughs) So, um, you know, don't try not to feed any more than five pounds a day. Um, Again, assuming your mini weighs around 250 pounds. So that's another thing is go weigh your mini and see how much he weighs Um, and then make sure that you feed to the target body weight, okay? So let's say that you've got a morbidly obese mini that weighs... I don't know. Let's say he weighs four hundred pounds. That's that's a lot. That's probably a little bit excessive. But let's just pretend for a second that he weighs four hundred pounds. Okay, you don't do two percent of of four hundred pounds because then you're just feeding that many to maintain and stay at that overweight amount. What you need to do is feed to the target. So if his target is two hundred and fifty pounds, then you feed two percent of two hundred and fifty pounds, which would be that five pounds per day. Um, so again, make sure that you're feeding to the target. And when I'm talking about total body weight, um, uh, the percent to feed to based on body weight, that's the total diet. So if you, if let's say for example, you wanted to provide your vitamins and minerals in a grain meal, rather than as a loose mineral, like I do with, with mine, um, you might only feed, um, three and a half pounds of forage, and then you might feed a pound and a half of the grain meal, okay? And assuming that that would then meet trace mineral and vitamin requirements. So it's always good to work with an equine nutritionist. Um, you know, math gets a little bit tricky. And especially when you're dealing with minis, you basically have to like cut everything down to 25% essentially of what you would do for a mature horse. So it can get a little bit confusing. Um, but I guess bottom line, if you have a mini, figure out a way to separate your mini from the other horses and feed to meet the mini's needs. Okay. So he's going to need to eat about 2% of his body weight per day. Okay. And it's best, um, it's best to test your hay. Make sure that you're not feeding hay that is, um, excessively high in sugar. Um, you can use alfalfa pellets or you can use any feed as kind of a treat. The key is just making sure that, that um, you use a very, very small amount, so literally a handful is enough, and then be sure to provide a vitamin and mineral supplement to balance out what the forage is lacking, okay? So my favorite options as far as that vitamin and mineral supplement would be either 101 diet balancer or Element Mineral. Both of those are made by Stride Animal Health. Um, I'll be sure to drop some notes in the the show notes um, for the names of those products if you want to go look them up. And then lastly, just be sure to put your mini on the same farrier schedule as your big horses, Um, They need that same hoof care, and then they also are going to need to be on the same deworming, vaccination, and dental maintenance programs, okay? So they're small, but they require that same preventative maintenance program as a normal horse. So Jenna, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Feed Room Chemist. If you like what you hear, be sure to share with your friends, post to social media, or give us a review. And as Winston Churchill used to say, no hour of life is wasted that is spent in the saddle. So go saddle up.